Welcome on in to the Tony Parks Podcast after the Utah Jazz fall to the Los Angeles Lakers by the final score of 116 to 108. The Jazz one and two since the restart. And we all know that this battle there in the middle of that Western Conference playoff standing is going to be a tough one. And the Jazz fall tonight as the Lakers get them 116 to 108. Thanks so much for joining us with the Tony Parks Podcast. As always, you can follow me on all forms of social media at Tony Parks 801. And don't forget, uh, you can always be a part of the show uh, by that form or also by emailing me, Tony Parks 801 at gmail.com. Jazz fans, I asked you what your thoughts were after this one, and we'll get to some of your feedback here in just a moment. Uh, as fans uh, have their uh, reaction to this one, because there were some positives. Uh, some of the same negatives, some different negatives. I mean, it's it's kind of a mixed bag right here with the Utah Jazz at this moment because they've had certain things that have been the exact same uh, that have happened since the restart. And then you've had other stuff that's very different. So we're going to get to that here in uh, just a moment. As always, you can find us on all forms of social media, as I said, at Tony Parks 801. Uh, you can also uh, find us on Spotify, uh, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and more. And as always, right here on the Utah Podcast Network. So, there's okay, we talked a lot about the Bogdanovich situation where he's not in, right? And that, that's been a lot of the conversation now for the past couple of days. No bogey. You see how it hurts the depth of the team, the three-point shooting of the team. My goodness, he averages, you know, 20 points a game. And then when you take that away, combined with, uh, you know, what he does at being six foot eight, it's a really big challenge uh, for the Jazz. Now, there's some stuff that the Jazz cannot control, like Bogdanovich being out, right? That's one of those. And then there's other things they can control. And I thought they lacked some of the toughness, some of the focus, and some of the fire and the fight in that game against Oklahoma City. And I thought that they had a very poor stretch defensively where they got down and Oklahoma City kept them down the whole entire time. The Jazz had an awful stretch on defense. They did the same thing in the game against uh, the Pelicans. I want to say the Pelicans had like 18 straight points where they were able to get buckets after uh, the Jazz were not able to get scores. And my point there was Utah can't just say, okay, we'll play great defense as long as we're playing great offense. They're not that kind of a team right now. They can't get away with something like that. Uh, they've won some games earlier in the season where you thought, wow, it wasn't a great defensive performance, but they outscored them, and good for them. This, this team now has to be really good defensively on a consistent basis. Not, not even elite, but they've got to be good. You, you can't have an awful defensive stretch. So in all three games, they've, have a, they've had an awful defensive stretch. And tonight, it's in that situation in the late third and going into the fourth. Because Utah, uh, I mean, what, it's 24-24 at the end of the first quarter. The Jazz were 0 for 9 from 3. And what was sad about that was I thought that they were shooting extremely good shots. I mean, they were getting great looks. Fantastic looks all over the floor. 0 for 9 from 3 to get the game started. Uh, you know, rhythm three-pointer by Clarkson, no good. Rhythm three-pointer by Clarkson, no good. Um, I'm forgetting who else had like other good looks, but throughout the course of the quarter, I remember being like, that's a great shot. That's a great shot. I thought one time they should have been more aggressive in transition instead of, uh, um, uh, getting it for a three, but that's, that's something that happened. 
So at the end of the first quarter, Anthony Davis has more field goals than the Jazz do. The Jazz are 0 for 9 from 3. The game's tied at 24 because I thought the Jazz were playing with some toughness. Even though Davis, was, who had an extreme green light, you know, was making some buckets, I thought the Jazz had some good connectivity there defensively, and they're in a 24-all game. Then some of the three-pointers start going down. I think they hit five of the next 10, like eight of their next 17, something like that. And you're thinking, all right, and you're, you're right there. You're hanging in. Start of the third. Things were looking good. Things were looking really, really good. Uh, got off to an 8-0 start in the frame. Take a six-point lead. And no matter what, you're just feeling like, hey, you're in this good dogfight. You're in a great battle. And then the late part of the third quarter comes up. And it's back to that one window of the game where they don't just play poorly, they play awful on the defensive side. And by the way, we know they had some offensive mistakes tonight too. I'm not, when I point out the defensive issue, I'm not somehow saying that tonight was all about defense or the offense is doing just fine. No, of course not. Uh, The Jazz had some bad turnovers, uh, a total of 21 on the night, and you never want to see that happen. So yes, the offense had their issue. But what happens is, the Jazz, when they, when the, here's the problem, and I, and I mentioned it the other night on the podcast that I released after the game against the Thunder. When the wheels wobble, the Jazz can't just wait for them to fall off before they put the wheel back on. You got to tighten it up a little sooner than what they're doing. You got to tighten it up a lot sooner, maybe. So the Jazz tonight, they're in this, this battle, this back and forth dogfight, 14 nothing run, blink of an eye, 19 to 2 run. And it was Moutier hitting a couple tough shots that eventually made it, what, a 19-5 to run and all of that. But the Lakers had a 12-possession stretch at the end of the third and end of the fourth where they end up scoring on 10 out of 12 buckets or 10 out of 12 possessions. Five out of six, I think, at the start of the fourth quarter. And here's the problem. They dig the hole, and not only did they dig the hole, but they did this at the beginning of the fourth quarter while Anthony Davis is out of the game. That might be your chance, even with LeBron out there on the floor, and he had a couple tough shots tonight. But that might be your chance to jump back and get back into this thing. You know, maybe you get it to a six-point game. I don't know. But instead, you you find yourself, you know, buried into the teens, and now you have this really rugged uphill battle against good teams. You know, against the Pelicans, that first game, yeah, they sucked at defending the paint. So you could climb your way back into it, steal the game at the end. You can't do it against these guys. You can't do it. You have to hit shots, which, by the way, makes and misses. Those are not always in the control of the player. I mean, I know that they're the ones shooting it, but, you know, it's when you take good shots and they're good open looks, you got to hit them. But when you don't, you don't just sit there and shame the player for it, especially if he's, you know, making the right decision. But the one thing you can do is not let the wheels fall off defensively during some critical gaps of time. And and if you want to blame the offense for hurting the defense, fine. Blame it that way. It's all cyclical. I don't care. The Jazz have had these kinds of lapses, and against really good teams, you're not going to win. And this is a really big concern for me because the Jazz had some of this before the uh, season was suspended and before Bogdanovich was gone. But now it feels even more expensive when they do this while Bogdanovich is gone. It's really tough. 
by the end of the night, uh, the Jazz, by the way, did not have an answer for Anthony Davis. He went off. He got going early and often. That's another thing. Uh, if he has a big night, that's one thing. But, man, he was able to get to the line. He was able to get way too much of what he wanted. Um, so, yeah, you've got to minimize the damage there. If he ends up with 28, fine. But you, you start letting him get up there into the 40s and then have some easy buckets. And before you know it, it, it not only uh, comes too easy, but it starts to uh, dig you the kind of hole that you don't want to have to try and climb out of. Anthony Davis, 42 points, 13 to 28. 12 of 15 uh, from the free throw line, had 12 rebounds. Just definitely the best player out there on the floor tonight. Um, Donovan Mitchell was very, very good. Thought he played really, really well. Uh, played with force, played with focus, kept getting after it, had 33 points. Kept seeming like he was going to maybe make that that timely play to, to continue to keep the Jazz right there. And, and the Jazz were never in this game, like, buried, you know, like they were, like the way it felt against Oklahoma City. Um, but they certainly hurt themselves with that wild inconsistent uh, inconsistency defensively. So there are multiple reasons why the Jazz have, you know, lost the last couple of games or not played extremely well um, during this whole entire thing. And the missed shots are certainly part of it. The other part of it is um, they're going to need some more quality play off the bench. I mean, I've, I've talked about that too, but I thought Bradley wasn't as bad as he has been in some of the previous games, but it's still nothing great. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Clarkson had some great looks tonight. Flat didn't hit one out of nine from three. He was a minus 19. Uh, even in the New Orleans game, when he put up a big uh, point total, he was a minus 15. You know, Moutier hit a couple of tough shots. He's a minus eight. George Niang, two of five for four points. He's a minus nine. Uh, the bench has really, really, really had some struggles, even if tonight was not as bad as some of the others. Like, let me make sure that's very, very clear. One positive, Jazz got to the line a lot, and they knocked down their free throws, 22 to 25. Uh, they didn't shoot a bad percentage, I guess you could say, from the, from the floor overall. Three-point shooting, man, the looks are there. 43 total shots from deep. The looks are there, and you're flat not hitting them. And it's really tough because somebody had tweeted at uh, me earlier or last this past weekend about how much of this falls on Quinn Snyder, and it's really tough because... I look at it and say, man, look, you can draw up all the great plays. You can line up all the, the lineups and try to put together a roster the way you want it. At the end of the day, the ball has to go in the basket. It just flat does. And for the Jazz, it's not when they're getting some of these great looks. Uh, now, they're shooting it with confidence. They're still taking their shots in rhythm. It's not like they're shying away from them. And what's really tough about the NBA is if, unless you're like Rudy Gobert at the top of the key, wide open, you have to shoot. Like when Jay Crowder was a part of this team, the thought was, Jay, stop shooting. They're leaving you open. Well, if he's wide open in this current NBA and you have that roster that the Jazz had at the time, they could ill afford to be like, oh, nope, hold the ball. Let's kill the whole offensive play. And then let's see if we can find something. You know, now in college basketball, when they used to have like a 35 and a 45-second shot clock, that might be one thing. But in this NBA, you get that ball moving and you get Royce O'Neal open for a three or you get Niang wide open for a three or you get, you know, whatever other player you want to fill in the blank with wide open for a three, you got to shoot it. In that offense, you have to shoot it. 
but they have been ice cold. Uh, Stacy Romney tweets at me and says, Bogey and Favors returning uh, will put us in contention. He said, uh, Bogey out, or she says, uh, Bogey out makes us too small and our bench too thin. Clarkson shooting didn't help tonight. Good news is we eventually will start hitting the threes. 28% is not the jazz. Um, here, here's where I don't think it's a guarantee. When you say they'll start hitting the threes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be above 28%, but I don't think you're going to see many nights at 41. I don't think you're going to see many nights at 38. I think you're going to see more three-point shots going in, but more times than not, you're looking at low to mid-30s at best. I just I think that's who they have out there on the floor. Uh, ben Coombs who has been a great supporter of the show. Thank you, Ben. He said, uh, shocking, lack of threes and turnovers galore, uh, but the effort was there tonight, which I couldn't say was there for the OKC game. Uh, We have some glaring weaknesses, and they don't involve Rudy or Donovan. 100% agree with you there, Ben. Uh, Because I didn't think Rudy or Donovan, I didn't think they were all that great in the game against Oklahoma City. Um, And the effort was definitely there tonight. I thought the Jazz played with great toughness, great focus. Uh, The wheels wobbled, like I said, and then they, they... it wobbled a little more than you'd like to see it before getting it tightened back up. But the rest of the game, I thought you saw a much better effort than what you watched in the game against OKC. Here's what's tough. And Ben, I think you'll agree with this. I'm not saying that you're, um, uh, I'm actually not disagreeing with you, what you're saying. Is the standard for what the Jazz are going to have to be is going to be an even better effort than that. An even better performance than that. Because... The Jazz are not, you know, the standard wasn't just to get to the postseason, and as long as they get in, that's all that really matters. No, no, this team was about taking a real step forward, and it was even before Bogdanovich was acquired by this team. That was the thought, because you didn't think you were making a lateral move at best with Mike Conley. You thought you were making another huge move, and then another big step for Donovan, right? Like, there was this this vibe and this feel about a real step forward for the Utah Jazz, and you're hoping that they can reach that, but there's a lot of work to do. Um, Steven Surprise, good friend of mine, he said, can't have shooting nights like that from Clarkson. You know what sucks about that, too? I don't know how many wide-open threes he had out of the nine, but it was a, a large majority. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm thinking at least seven. I mean, in the corner, in rhythm, with the catch, with the rise, with the shot, rhythm, everything there, timing, release point, all of it rimmed out, clanked off. He has to shoot it. And you're right, Stephen. Yeah, he's, he's got to hit the shots. He's getting those looks. Uh, True Ute tweets at me. He says, we're two good players short of being a team with a genuine chance. He said, Boyan is one of those. Uh, the other one is not on the roster. Um, no, I, I think there's something there. You know, I thought this team, when they won that 19 out of 21, Gosh, and I want to say a lot of that was without Mike Conley. But they won the 19 out of 21, and I know that the the schedule wasn't that tough. But I'm with you there, True You. The, the one thing I kept thinking is, man, they are playing like a contender, and when they come down to earth a little bit, they'll mostly likely be, most likely be a light contender. That's, that's kind of what I wanted to see this team become. Now, light contender could mean that you're in a 2-2 series in the second round against the Clippers in a, in a you know, great battle, and they beat you in six games. But that's what a light contender is. Like, you're, you're not just showing up to the second round to get your T-shirt like you did two and three years ago. 
you're in it to, for the fight. You're there. You're battling. Um, and right now, this team, especially without Bogey, doesn't look like they'll have that ability. Uh, David Stott said, it's hard when we aren't allowed to match the Lakers' physicality. Says AD had his 40 uh, shooting under 46%, but he was given 15 free throws. Not a lot we can do there. Role players hit a few open threes, and that game may have been different. Uh, David, I'll say this. Yeah, there were a few calls tonight that I thought were pathetic. Um, I don't think the officiating decided the game. Uh, I disagreed with Royce O'Neal's third foul. I thought that was on LeBron. Um, uh, Anthony Davis had two plays where I thought he just threw himself into somebody, and the referees whistled what I thought was a church ball foul. I thought it was dumb. Um, but by no means do I think the officials decided this. Uh, the Jazz hurt themselves far too often with how poorly they played against AD. And by the way, AD is a really good player. Uh, Blair Red said, can't wait for the offseason because they're one good player away from, from contention plus a healthy bogey. You know, and, and that's what's tough, man. Uh, when bogey wasn't going to be there, you knew that was a loss. But you still wanted to see them make the most out of what they are. Uh, to me... One of the things I really wanted to see is, okay, what are they with Mike Conley maybe taking some really good steps forward with that gap of time? And by the way, Conley's had a couple of really nice games in this back half, right? He had 24 tonight, 8 out of 17, you know, 3 out of 9 from 3, but if I remember right, he took some pretty good threes. Uh, first half had a horrendous, stupid turnaround, hand in the face, fade away against Danny Green that had no chance of going in, uh, long two. It was early in the game. So, you know, there's still a lot that I think he's learning, but Mike Conley had eight dimes in this game. You know, Mike was a bright spot. Um, another guy that was a bright spot tonight, Royce O'Neal, had five points, 13 rebounds, five assists, four steals. Kind of did it quietly. And he was one for five from three. But the thing with Royce O'Neal is it's like, gosh, that dude plays so hard all the time but you know he's not some star player. You know he doesn't have, like, overwhelming amount of skill. It's about will and toughness and grit and all of that. And gosh, they could really use him coming off the bench, which is where you'd love to see Bogey in the starting spot. So, uh, but props to O'Neal uh, for making the most of the opportunity to be out there. And, and I think it makes, you know, a lot of fans, you know, very connected to him. And they, they feel good about him being on their team. Uh, let's see, uh, go bear. Let's see. B guard underscore 21 tweets in. He said they fought bench turnovers. Three point shooting was brutal tonight. Yeah. 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 And, and what's crazy about that is, uh, the bench was a little better. Like I thought Tony Bradley had some, some bright moments, you know, like he wasn't completely lost out there. Um, but to your point, and I think this is the point you're getting at is that the standard is still higher. They need a better punch. They need something off that bench uh, besides the occasional Jordan Clarkson going off for a nice run. They need another guy that's very, very dependable. And that would be Royce O'Neal if, if Bogdanovich was healthy. Uh, Brett Hadley, at Hadley 16 says, better feeling after this one, but Lakers also didn't really try uh, that hard to win this game. No, I, I disagree with that, Brett. I thought they did try hard to win the game. Um, but I, I think you do have a better feeling about the Jazz after this game. Uh, better feeling compared to the Oklahoma City game, but here's what's hard. I don't have a much better feeling overall about what my hopes are for this team in the postseason. I, d I do want to see a little more firepower, a little more connectivity, a little more consistency, um, because at times, like especially in that Oklahoma City game and the New Orleans game, 
Uh, they made the game look a lot harder um, than I than I think they should have. Uh, Ryan has said, hey, make a few more threes, take care of the ball a bit more, and the Jazz win. Yeah, they could very well have happened tonight. Um, some of those deficiencies certainly still there. Um, let's see. Ben Brown tweets in. He said, just rough. When things seem to go cold for stretches, it's easier to stay in a game uh, than to come back. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah, you got that right. Um, let's see. Darren Jensen says, our current roster is not championship-level material. Um, yeah. No, I think that's fair. If you can get to, I thought the ceiling coming into this, even without bogey, was could you get to light contender level? And light contender does not mean like you'd be disappointed if you're not in the finals. Light contender means that, you know, you need to be taken seriously. And it's really tough because this team feels very much like a different version of what this group was a year ago. Right? Not identical. But in terms of the firepower or how seriously they'll be taken in the contention conversation, it certainly feels like they're on the outside looking in, like like pretender level, if you will. Um, which that previous group, it's kind of hard. That previous group with you know Crowder and Rubio and those guys, I felt like they overachieved to pretender level, and some people are going to be arguing that this group has underachieved to pretender level. Uh, that'll definitely be up for debate uh, when the season is done. Uh, Wyatt tweets in and said, lost to the eventual champs and two of the top five guys in the league. He said, make more than 30% of your threes and you win. He said, frustrating, got to execute. Well, yeah, you know what's tough, man, is there were times, Wyatt, where they did execute. You know, where, like, the ball moved really well, good open three. You're thinking, there you go, man. And they missed way too many of them. And so then it, it becomes a real discussion. Are these guys just missing or are these guys just not that good? And I, I think that the truth is truly in the middle. Um, I, I think that if you gave this group that kind of uh, that many good look threes uh, and 43 of them in an NBA game, I think they'll make more than 28% most time. But will they make 42% that often? I don't know. I think you're looking at mid-30s usually uh, as the median for that. Uh, meeting my expectations, says Rad Brad. Uh, Rob Crosland said, Bogey's that one player. Dang injuries. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you're right. Bogey is certainly a problem with this, but I think the Jazz have other issues, too, that have added on to this, and then it makes the Bogey thing feel even more stressful. Uh, Jeremy tweets and says, I feel much better after this loss than I did after the win against the Pelicans. I can agree with that to a point, yeah. Said he got to start sinking the threes, not having Bogey's tough. Um, but the aggressive play was there. Yeah, you're right, Jeremy. Uh, John X said third game in a row, they shoot less than 30 from three in the off season. They have, uh, gave up some defense for offense, but the offense hasn't delivered the bogey injury part of that. Um, so there you go. Uh, some of the feedback from you fans here tonight. Uh, of course you can always, uh, connect with me on social media at Tony parks, eight Oh one, uh, email me Tony parks, eight Oh one at gmail.com. And by the way, for the fans, uh, when we interact on Twitter and stuff, I love it. I love these conversations. Um, I love having a lot of fun with this kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's good to interact. I love to hear the passion of the fan. Um, you know, like, uh, I have the Cubs game DVR and, uh, I'm very much into my, you know, my favorite baseball team. So when they, what, they like lost a game to Milwaukee and I'm thinking, man, this team can't string together hits. This bullpen's awful. And I'm going off about all these different things, you know, and then a couple games later, the offense is stringing together hits. That bullpen still sucks. 
But I love the conversation with fans after games uh, to kind of get their feedback and get their thoughts. Um, because I'm, I'm a fan of my favorite teams, just like you are a fan of your favorite team. So uh, it's a lot of fun with that. Uh, let's see, Brent. Oh, I had a, another tweet uh, from a longtime fan, and I just lost it. He said, uh, just don't care. Lifelong Jazz fan until this year. He said, I didn't leave the NBA. The NBA left me. All right, I don't know what that means, but uh, whatever it does mean, the game of basketball is still great. I absolutely love it, um, and uh, I'm glad to see it up on the old television uh, once again. Uh, TJ, you're right on the money, man. It said, good ball movement, got to hit shots. And then uh, Utah Jazz fan was at Utah Jazz fan 15 says not enough screen assist from Gobert who goes soft against AD. Well, I, th- I thought the whole team collectively uh, could have done a better job when it comes to the, the battle that was right there with um, a guy like Anthony Davis. I thought they struggled. No doubt. I mean, he scored 42. But, you know, recapping it once again, the Jazz have a. Uh, a night where they they struggle shooting threes early, so when shots aren't falling, they still played tough, and they were tied with the Lakers, right? 24-all. Then they start hitting some threes, and it's, you know, a close game there at the half. And then they come out playing really well at the start of the third, and they get a little bit of a lead. But the one thing that has happened, okay, some of the stuff out of their control, like shots going in, that's not always in your control. You're just going to have nights where they go in, and, and sometimes they don't. But one thing that is in their control is that defensive bite, uh, intensity, attitude, the force that they play with on that end. And it fell apart in that back half of the third. Offense ignited some of that with some turnovers and then some um, issues there with uh, a bad off- maybe a bad offensive possession, you know, where they miss a shot and then don't get back on defense. Whatever the reason is, it's all cyclical and the Jazz can't let it happen. They give up a 19-2 to run. It was a 14 to nothing run. 19-2 to run, and there was a stretch of 10 out of 12 possessions where they give up a bucket uh, to the L.A. Lakers. And before you know it, you know what? You're behind the eight ball. And against championship-caliber teams, you're going to have a really tough time trying to win some, uh, games like that. Really, really tough time with that kind of thing. So I'm interested to see what the Jazz will now do here coming up in the next few games. The, the one thing, and I'm not just trying to sell hope on this, so please don't get me wrong. The one thing you do hope, though, is that the Jazz, throughout all of this, and Quinn Snyder's very good at this kind of stuff, they have five games left that they can continue to work on some things to find the best version of this roster that they can. Like, Quinn did a great job with that with plenty of rosters that he's had in the past. You know, he did it with the 2015 roster. I mean, my goodness, they got rid of Venice Cantor. And then uh, they won like 20, I forget what it was, like 16 of their last 23 or something. Uh, he's done it in the past with the the roster that was there with um, Gordon Hayward and company when they won 51 games. He did it with the, the Rubio and um, Jay Crowder roster, if you will, and, and a group like that where they went out and uh, uh, got to the second round of the playoffs, you know? Um, so you hope that with the way that they're constructed, a guy like Quinn Snyder who gets a couple of weeks here to try and work together and get this to be the best version of this roster that he can. That's that's one thing you have to like is you got a good coach for that. At the end of the day, you're going to need firepower. You're going to need shot making, and it feels like the Jazz are short of that. So when somebody says, hey, they're not contenders, forget about it. Yeah, I'll listen to that. Can they at least get to like contender level? That's kind of the ceiling for them. 
And it's tough because uh, there's some shortcomings with this roster and some shortcomings with the, the depth on that roster. Um, I even think with Bogey in there, there's still some problems with the lack of connectivity for random gaps of time defensively, uh, and that has been concerning to me. So, like I said, that's something they can control, and I'm hoping that they can get better control of that uh, here going forward. Um, so, yeah, once again tonight, the Utah Jazz, they lose to the L.A. Lakers, 116-108. to 108. It is a loss uh, that you're disappointed about, but at least it's not a loss to be ashamed of. I thought it was a black eye the other night, uh, the way that they lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, so the Jazz fall by a total of eight points in this one. Um, got down by as many as 14, led by as many as seven. Mitchell, I thought, had a great night with 33, like we talked about. Conley with 24 and eight. And uh, Royce O'Neal, a dude that plays 100%, 100% of the time. Five points, 13 rebounds. Ended up with five assists. Rudy Gobert, 16 and 13. Uh, this Jazz team, you know, they're not bad, but their standard was to try and get something to great. And they need some shots to fall. And they need some consistent play, and they need to go back to that drawing board and continue to bring uh, some of the, the same fire and passion and energy that they brought to this game uh, to give themselves a chance. All right, we will talk to you after every single Utah Jazz game. Thanks so much uh, for listening here today. 116-108 uh, to 108 was the final score. The Jazz now uh, with tomorrow off as they get ready for a matinee. A lot of day games, by the way. Coming up the rest of the way, uh, Memphis at home, if you will. <laughs> the, the Jazz will be the home team. 12.30 tip-off on Wednesday, 11 a.m. tip-off on Friday, Saturday at 1.30 against Denver. Uh, then it's uh, a week from tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. It all ends against San Antonio Thursday, August 13th. As always, be a part of the show. You can tweet at me at Tony Parks 801 and you can always uh, email me, TonyParks801 at gmail.com. I love to have all of your feedback. Love the conversation. Um, and then the podcast will continue to have other stuff featuring the jazz, as well as many other things going on in the NBA and in all of the world of sports. Well, enjoy the rest of your night. Everybody out there, stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, as always, uh, thinking about all of you during this time, I know many of you are going through so much stress for a variety of different reasons. Um, just know that, you know, I thank you for being a part of this. Um, and in any way that this can be of help to you in your everyday life, I hope it's a positive part of what you're doing, uh, day in and day out. Thanks as always for listening on Google play, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and more. And as always catch us right here on the Utah podcast network.